Good morning, everyone. Um, so glad to see you here. Um, you know, as Scott was talking about appreciation, and I was just thinking about um, all of there's different roles, like Melvin collecting our cups, and and Paul is jumping in today to help because we're missing somebody, Matt, who's who's almost always running things back in the sound booth. And there's so many um, little things that people do to to uh, serve us, and we maybe don't even recognize. So I just appreciate all those people that are, are serving behind the scenes that maybe we don't notice all the time. And uh, we have a few people missing today that are, that are gone on a, a trip down to Kansas City. Um, so, uh, and we have, a, we have, like I said, Matt's gone because uh, Sarah's not feeling real well today. And so, um, but I'm just thankful for the people that we have here, for you guys coming together. Um, I was thinking about during worship, how I, I love to look around and see people worshiping. There's, there's so many things in the world that can divide. There's things that divide families and that divide friends and divide people in different institutions. But, but when we come together as a family of God and we put Jesus first above everything else, we know that, that we, are, we have u- a unity that they can't find somewhere else. We can't be divided because Jesus is top priority. Jesus is the, the banner that we all unite underneath. And so I'm just so thankful to be able to come and worship with you all and to, to have that unity together. Um, today we're going to be going, uh, we're going to be continuing through 1 Peter, uh, where we've been focusing on what it looks like to be foreigners and pilgrims in a land that is not our home, uh, and to live according to a kingdom culture that the world may not accept or understand. Um, this last Monday night, we had our Let Your Light Shine event, and the kids had a blast uh, running through mazes and collecting treats and playing games and eating. Um, we just had a, we had a great time together, and for those of you who were not able to make it this year, well, that just meant more cookies and candy for the rest of us. So, no, uh, we, we encourage you to come back out next year uh, when we do it again. Um, here's a picture from, from Monday night. Putting Paul on the spot here. Okay, well, imagine, if you would, <laughs> a, a picture that has uh, uh, all the kids dressed in their costumes and, uh, and having a wonderful time. And, and Mark might actually get, us, get it up there for us in a second. But um, last, the last message that I shared, I talked about how the kids were going to be putting on these costumes. And in order for them to put on those costumes, uh, they first had to remove uh, their, their hats or their, any bulky clothing that might change the look of whatever it is that they're trying to look like. And uh, we use this as an example. Um, of how we need to strip off our old nature in order to be able to put on our new nature uh, that we receive when we're born again. Now, we're not going to look necessarily like these, like this image, but we're going to look different. We had, you know, if, if these guys went walking through the store in the middle of July, uh, people would say they stand out a little bit, right? They look different. And so uh, if we take off the old nature and put on the new nature, we're going to look different. In the last uh, section of First Peter that we looked at, we talk, I talked about uh, what I call little sins. Uh, they're, which they're not little, but deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, unkind speech. Um, and even though they're, they're no less sins than what we might consider big sins, um, they're sins that we maybe sometimes overlook 
or that we become so comfortable with that we don't notice anymore. We talked about how we want to rid ourselves of every trace of that sin and how that's an ongoing process as we strive for holiness. And we do this out of love for the Father and we do this out of honor for Jesus as we remembered today the great sacrifice that he gave for us. And we do it so that we can be salt and light into the world so other people can see the love of Jesus. Um, when I gave the message about, about ridding yourself of every trace, that afternoon, about an hour after service was over, I got a phone call from somebody that I thought was just a great example of this. Uh, I met a man named Don Crabtree, who's a missionary uh, into Mexico, and uh, just a really neat guy, really happy, just, I don't know, he's like somebody you'd connect with in a second. But anyways, we exchanged numbers, but I had no reason to, to have communication with him anytime in the near future. And he gave me a phone call um, right away after church that Sunday. And uh, in our conversation, he had made, in, just in passing, we were talking about uh, the installation service, and, and he was saying how he was kind of in the area, and, and he thought maybe he, he could have stopped by, but it was a little bit later in the day, and he wasn't sure if it, was, if it would have worked out. And it, was, it was no big deal. Later, he, um, so later when he called me, he said, he said, you know what? I was looking at a map, and I realized I was nowhere near Bible Center Church. And so, you know, I just wanted to clarify that, that I, you know, I was mistaken, I'm like, it, it didn't matter. It didn't really have any bearing. I would have never thought about it again. But he wanted to make sure he corrected something that he said in error. He didn't want there to be even a trace of deceit. And that's the kind of um, difference, that's the kind of, of example that opens people's hearts to being able to receive the message that we have. When you, when you know that somebody is full of that kind of honesty and integrity, when they talk, your ears are a little bit more open to hear. Uh, in First Peter chapter two, it says that the world, um, that to the world, Jesus and the cross are foolishness, and they can't understand it. And as a result of our new lives on display, we can show others the goodness of God. Verse twelve says that they will see our honorable behavior, and they will give honor to God. Our new lives on display can help them receive the message of salvation, the message of the cross. So today we're going to consider another attribute of holy living. Uh, we're going to look at what it looks like to be submissive, and more specifically, submissive to the government. Um, in some regards, I find this kind of a, a strange one for, or not a strange one. This one strikes me a little bit because it's so against my, my nature. This is part of the old me that I need to continually try and strip off because I am a little bit more combative, I think, when it comes to some of these things. And so I have to be really purposeful in, in how I approach this. So um, we're just going to pray and ask that God would speak to our hearts and, uh, and open them to this word. Lord, we thank you. Uh, we thank you that you have taken us, that you've received us, and that you're shaping and molding us into your image, Lord. Um, I just ask that by your Holy Spirit, you would continue to create in us a submissive heart, first off, to you, Lord, so that we can then um, be able to uh, display that submissiveness in, in the world and to each other in a way that um, would, would bring peace, that would show love, and that would um, display 
uh, an honorable behavior before the world. In Jesus' name, amen. So how many of you love the idea of submitting? I, I, I know that none of us really, you know, you know, it doesn't make you jump off your seat and yell yay. Um, first, my first thought when it comes to submitting is that I'm being forced to do something that I don't want to do. And uh, when it comes to submitting to the government, it can oftentimes bring up negative thoughts. Uh, we might think about paying taxes or, or just, you know, contra- you know, not agreeing with, with foreign policy or even just obeying traffic laws. You know, but it seems like that the last thing that we want to do is submit, to give up our own thoughts in favor of somebody else's. If I'm driving down the road and I'm in a hurry, um, I really don't like seeing the signs that tell me that I can't go any faster, or I can't do a U-turn here, or that, uh, that it's a one-way, or what, whatever it is. If I need to get somewhere, I want to just go there. And, and so even when I do follow those rules, sometimes I do it begrudgingly. You know, I, I'm not happy about it, uh, but, but I'm going to do it because, mostly because of fear of the ticket. That's, that's <laughs> um, But submitting is not always a negative thing. Uh, sometimes submitting is just allowing a person or an institution uh, to set some order in the world. Uh, we all believe that when we submit to God's law and live in obedience to him, that there's, that there's safety in that and that there's blessings that come from submitting to his instruction. The same can also be true of the government. If I'm not in a hurry and I'm just driving down the road, um, the speed limit just sets a constant, you know, so that everybody's driving about the same speed and and we can all kind of keep going a little bit safer. It sets some order to the world. Submitting to human authority can help us settle disputes between one another. Um, It can provide funding uh, for things like police and the military to keep us safe. It can provide funding for roads and schools and bridges. Um, and, and in verse 14 of First uh, Peter, it says that the government is a tool to punish wrong and honor what is right. We know that sometimes there's conflict between what the government thinks is right and what the Bible says is right. Um, but All in all, the government provides a necessary order to the world. In the summer of 2020, we got to see a little picture of what it looks like when some of that order, some of that uh, authority is pulled back, and we saw some of these riots and this kind of anarchy and destruction, uh, suffering, death that happened when law and order was not implemented, when there was not that authority um, presented and people weren't submitting to it. God has set in place governments to bring order, and even when they act evil, God still has the ability to use them to accomplish his kingdom work. Um, As I was preparing this message, I was remembering a recent conversation with another missionary that I met at the conference. Uh, This was a missionary to China, and uh, his attitude towards the government, uh, a a government that's very, you know, aggressive and harsh towards Christians, his attitude towards them when he had a visit from them one day uh, really kind of spoke to me, and I thought it would be interesting for you guys to hear. So I, uh, I did a little interview with him, and I'm going to share that with you. And uh, so this is, a, this is a, a pastor and missionary named Frank uh, that missions to China. All right. Well, uh, hi, Frank. Thanks again uh, for meeting with me and being willing to share a little bit with Bible Center Church. Um, can you give a uh, 
kind of a quick introduction of uh, who you are, uh, where you're from, what your mission work is? Sure. Uh, hey, Pastor uh, Doug, thank you for this uh, great opportunity. We can share uh, our story and to your congregation, and hopefully we can encourage you guys. Um, my, name, my name is Frank, and my wife's name is Christy, and we have two kids. Uh, my son's name is Noah. My daughter's name is Aster. And we are pastor and missionaries to China. And we've been doing missions in China for over 10 years. And we're doing um, church planting and disciple training, missions training. And basically, we uh, reach unreached the area, like reach unreached people, unbelievers, and uh, equip them and let them to know the word of God and send them to do missions work. When I met you just briefly in Shell Lake and, and kind of found out a little bit about, about where you're working. And uh, during that conversation, you uh, shared a story with me about a time that um, some people from the government came and, and visited with you. Uh, and, uh, and I was just wondering if you could, if you could share that story again uh, for the Bible Center Church. Sure. Um, as you guys know that um, the persecution is going on, What's going on in China? It's it's really crazy now. What's going on there? And um, it happened every day, getting worse and worse. Um, there are a few times that government people knock on my door, and uh, with uh, cameras on their shoulder, and with another uh, government official, official trying to ask me uh, what's my name, and they have paper on their hand showing that every information about me. Ask me, this is my driver's license, uh, cell phone number, uh, social security ID, my wife's name, everything they have, they, they got all my information. I remember that time I was, um, I was preaching a message about um, fear not proclaim to our congregation in China. We have three um, underground churches, uh, which is just like house churches, uh, not under the government. So we have a freedom to speak the word of God there. And I was preaching about fear not, talking about Daniel and his three friends during that time, the pressure from the government. And it just happened to me. And I, I thought about it. Wow. Lord, you're testing me right now. And I was in the very beginning, I was like, I was, you know, my, my flesh is really scared. I know what's going to happen to me. I might be in jail right away. So I, all I thought about is, you know, what gonna do with my wife, my kids? I have to get them out of China. I don't care about me right now. So I was saying inside my heart, I said, Lord, I'm scared now, but I need your help. I just preach about your message about fear not proclaim. Lord, help me, help my unbelief. I need your help. I know God is with us, Emmanuel God. When I pray inside quietly and I can feel God's presence, I can. I can feel the peace. I know God is, is going, going to do something there. And uh, I invite uh, the, the Communist Party inside apartment, sat down with them. And I was calling my wife. My wife, I said, hey, Christy, can you uh, bring us some dessert and, and tea? I don't know why I said that. I don't know we have tea or dessert. I just maybe out of yeah. nervous. I said, hey, honey, we got a gas here. Can you bring some tea and dessert? And my wife just opened the uh, refrigerator, just uh, opened the uh, refrigerator and brought the tea and, uh, you know, dessert. 
and we sat down with the Communist Party face by face by face and just had a conversation. And I remember my wife is serving uh, the Communist Party tea and dessert. And the Communist Party just look at us, you know, one American serve a, a Chinese. And they felt like such honor. I said, wow, the, the Lord is doing something here. You know, very uh, peaceful environment during that time. So I said, Lord, give me wisdom. What to say, what not to say. Help me to show love and help me. And I was praying quietly. So uh, I was asking them, Sir, um, why are you checking on me? Uh, did I do something wrong? And uh, they just look at each other. They couldn't. Uh, they couldn't tell me the reason. They don't know why they check on me. Well, they know because they are taking orders by the highly official. You know, so they just look at each other. They have an awkward moment, and they just look at each other. They don't know how to answer. Then they said, "Well, your wife and your your children are are American citizenship." So the Chinese uh, Communist Party they care about the the American safety. I was kind of I thought it's kind of funny. I said, "Lord, you're really working on your heart." You know, all I have to do just show love. You know, help me do do, do not get upset or fear. You know, help me. So it, it, it's really un unbelievable moment that um, they made a lie and uh, work it out. You know, everything worked out, and I I say, sir. I just look at their eyes, eyes to eyes. I said, I want to make it clear with you guys. Our family, we love you guys. We love the people here. We love everything here. That's why we're here. We're trying to do the charity work. I call charity work as undercover, you know, yes. and to help people. We love this country, everything about it. And we love you guys. When I say that we love you guys, the I, I can see their eyes very you know shocked like the the they can't respond and at that moment I know you know the Lord is really touching their heart so we had a good conversation eating you know a snack and having tea together talk a little bit casual thing while they trying to leave and they handed me a name card and they said Frank. If you ever in trouble again, please call my cell phone number. I will help you out. And now look, the name card is FBI China. It's like, wow. I said, Lord, thank you for your protection. So we had a favor with the government. No problem at all. So praise God. Uh, that is unbelievable moment. Um, I just want to share, share with you guys and hope I can encourage you guys. And, uh, you know, do not be afraid and preach the gospel. Yeah. Well, you know, we're right now we're working through uh 1st Peter and uh, and we're uh today we're going to be talking about um about submission to government and uh in verse 13 and 14 it says uh for the Lord's sake submit to all a human authority whether the king is head of state or the officials he has appointed for the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and honor those who do right. Now, obviously, there's, you know, um, some of the things that you do are are maybe not what the government wants, um, and, and there's maybe some exceptions when you're following God's commands over over um, earthly authorities. But uh, on the other side, there's a, a level of um, 
a change of attitude, a change of heart, um, where even even in the midst of that, to have that kind of submissive, humble attitude towards the government. Um, and so, especially, you know, in America, I feel like uh, Christians have a hard time living this one out as um, we see the government instead of, you know, honoring good and and punishing evil sometimes it seems like they're honoring evil and and punishing good and um mm-hmm. now you've experienced uh you know that that uh, to a greater degree um mm-hmm. in in some of your friends uh within the country and and some of the persecution that's happened there and um i guess what uh, what stood out to me from the story when i first talked to you was um just the gentleness um and then the love that you showed even towards the the government officials, even in the midst of some of this persecution, I was just wondering: it, it, is this an attitude that was hard for you to to develop or to have? That's a really good question, Pastor Doug. Um, I, I think the most important is um, we all, as human, we all have different kinds of uh, opinion, right? You might have different opinion. I might have different opinion. Um, I think we we need to understand each other and both respect each other. And of, of course, you know, when the government, for example, if, if the government um, order you to give up your faith to believe in Jesus, of course, I, I'm, I'm not going to surrender for sure. For sure, you know, about my faith. But small things, but, you know, Jesus, you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, well, look, What's, what's the picture on, on the coin? The Caesar's money, right? Caesar's money, go back to Caesar. Uh, whatever belongs to God, and it, it belongs to God. So you know, our teacher, Jesus, taught us a great lesson. It means, well, we are under authority. Either it's great Christian leaders or, 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 non, or non-believers, we are under authority. We might not agree everything they do, but, you know, show compassion because Jesus is compassion. Jesus said, you know, taught us a lesson means either you like it or not, you know, there's a, in the Bible time, there's good leaders and bad, bad leaders. So I think it's important is back to the word of God and have compassion, show the Christ love, love, you know, Jesus love. Jesus also taught us pray for the leaders of the nation, either good leaders or bad leaders. Pray that all we can do is cast down our thinking, cast down our flashy thinking, and follow what God wants, follow what Holy Spirit wants. Totally submit it to, to God, the Word of God, and uh, pray for the leaders, pray for the nation, pray that God's going to restore the nation, China, and America back to the biblical uh, foundation. That, that's what God wants us to do. Not just follow up the news, follow different party. I know, you know, in America, a Democrat and a Republican. I see church even split talking about politicians. And I just want to encourage you guys. Jesus is over politicians. But don't get me wrong. Jesus will use good Christian leaders to change the nation. I'm not going to tell you who who's going to vote, but you know what's going to vote. I'm going to vote pro-life for sure. I'm not you know, uh, to, to vote, to, to killing babies. That's against what we believe the Bible. So I think it's, you know, also Jesus gave you a free of a choice to, to, to make a right choice. I hope every Christian can make a great choice to vote 
biblical choices. So um, that's my personal um, yeah, testimony. Think- and also I see that happen in the U.S. Yeah. Have you found at all that um, that non-Christians uh, are surprised by your by your attitude towards the government, or you know that you that you oh, have yeah. show this love? Oh yes, very much. Uh, my wife, we noticed a huge differences, huge differences, because the non-believers they are watching believers, their behavior even. You may not notice that, but you know they are watching. <laughs> the, the believers, uh, their their behavior, and so I think it's very important. Um, is salvation is not good good work, but in as as a believer, we believe in Jesus Christ as a reborn Christian. We should have the fruit of spirit, and mean, means we should have fruit. The good fruit means we should have uh, good works for God. So I cannot say I believe in Jesus and Sunday. Back to Monday, Friday, Saturday, living a worldly life and cursing people, saying cursing words. You know, that's not Christian life. So we need to have a different life than our previously life. Let, let me share what we uh, went through um, in China. You know, in China, there's no freedom, free of speech, you know, freedom of speech like America uh, so far. So... Every religion is not allowed in China to practice in China. So there's no religion freedom in China now. There's no Bible available for believers now. All cracking down. So uh, if you blame Jesus, the government might pers- persecute you. You know, nowadays I know some of the, uh, my friends, Pastor Frazier, are in jail now. But you know what? I believe more persecutions, more revival. Let's look at the book of Acts. I love the book of Acts. You know, that, that's what, when the, you know, the government chasing the uh, believers and the believers running and never give up faith. That We need that kind of faith, genuine faith. We need that kind of faith, genuine faith. Right? Uh First Peter one seven said uh, that's in trials that uh, that will show that our faith is genuine. Pastor Frank said that we have new life. Um, if we have new life, that should show fruit to the world, right? Um, the world is watching, and when we consider how to submit to human authorities, we need to hold firmly to the fact that Jesus is over it all, right? Can you imagine having uh, government officials come into your house to, with cameras to check and see what you're up to and uh, what, you know, what you're doing? Um, and knowing that, that if they don't like what, what they see, they, they might take you off to jail and you won't be able to care for your family. You wouldn't be able to, you know, and who knows what happens in a Chinese prison. Um, but how amazing that, that he was able to have this Submissive posture, this this peaceful and even loving attitude towards them, and and you see, you get to see how that the power of that attitude was able to throw what what is would be aggressors off balance, and and to win their favor, you know, to win favor of kind of the most unlikely people that these uh, government agents would then offer their help even in the future. 
So just uh, praise God for, for being with, with Frank and giving him the insight and the wisdom and the words and, and to have that submissive attitude, even though he's not really, I mean, he's doing something that the government does not want. So in that regards, he's, he's submitting to God over man, but he's still showing them respect and he's still um, showing a, a serving sort of attitude towards them that, uh, that impacts them and that, uh, that is able to, to get, he's able to get God's favor even from a government that's not godly. Uh, for us in America, uh, we don't have those same worries. Uh, we, um, we can still, uh, but we can still learn from the submissive attitude, um, even though, uh, even though we're not, we're not in that sort of fear of jail or anything. Uh, but for quite a while, we've uh, seen how everything in the world has gotten more politicized, more polarized. And when it comes to the government, it seems like uh, we've got nothing good to say, right? We're not showing any appreciation uh, to the government. And so, um, and, I'm, and I'm not exempt from having frustrations to this sort of, uh, from all these battles going on in the government. But if our primary identity is as Christians... You know, if you think about the word as Christian as being who you are, like we, in the same regards that we think of ourselves as Americans, as being from America, if you think about Christians as being part of a heavenly nation, um, we have to, if we put that first, we have to step back and say, you know, how am I going to, what, what's going to further my Christian nation, the God's kingdom, uh, over what is best for, for the American nation? Um, we have to remember that, uh, that that kingdom supersedes the one that we live in. Now, what happens in the government here uh, does have positive effects. I mean, we, we, can, we can be a participant, and, and as he encouraged us to vote, which is just kind of funny that he brought that up when just so happens we have a vote coming up on Tuesday. Um, that, wasn't, uh, that wasn't planned, but just a reminder to everyone, get out and vote. Um, but uh, we need to use our vote, use our freedoms to try and influence the government um, but as citizens of the kingdom of God, we want to be more focused on building the kingdom of heaven than the one that we're foreigners in. And I think we can do both at the same time if we approach them with this sort of submitting attitude. Uh, it's easy to feel like, uh, like if we have the moral high ground um, that, that we can justify approaching the government or approaching certain um, things in politics with kind of a attitude of defiance. Um, it, but it, it seems like uh, in light of First Peter, uh, that maybe that's, maybe, maybe that's not so good. <laughs> it says, you know, it might, when I read this, it, it stung a little bit to say that we are supposed to submit to government because I start to uh, look back at some of my past actions and, and the way I approached certain things and say, maybe that wasn't, maybe that wasn't so good. Um, I maybe felt like I was, I was justified and that my actions were, were um, like I had the basis for them was, was holy for, for, for what I thought. And I thought that, what, um, that the point that I was trying to present was righteous, you know. But the way I acted, the way I presented it, um, did not present an attitude of submission. It wasn't a humble attitude. Uh, it was a defiant attitude. And so, yeah, it... It's all that part, like I mentioned in the beginning, of having to kind of strip off that initial desire to like fight because you know you've got this, uh, you feel attacked, 
and, and instead realize that God's kingdom's over it all. His will is over it all. I don't have to worry about the end result. You know, um, I can still present what is right, but I don't have to do it in such a, uh, an aggressive or angry way. Um, throughout the Bible, we see examples of God using people who were submissive to the ruling authorities, um, even to evil authorities, um, and they were used to accomplish God's will. We see people like Joseph and Daniel and Esther and Nehemiah and David, just to name a few. Uh, David would not lift a sword against Saul. Nehemiah and, and Ezra, um, they, they went, went to the government and they got their permission to build the walls and to be able to rebuild the temple. Um, even Moses, when the Israelites were slaves, did not um, try and flee on their own, but waited until Pharaoh eventually released them. God sets up authorities, and God removes authorities, and we're called to submit to what God has established. I'm going to have the worship team make their way up. Um, there's, a, of course, ex ex exceptions to the rule, as, uh, as Pastor Frank mentioned, um, there's sometimes when the government may ask you to do something that is directly contrary to what the Word of God says. We see examples in the Bible of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, refusing to bow to an idol because God says, don't do that. We see Daniel refusing to stop praying because he knows that God calls him to pray. We see the apostles refusing to listen to the rules to not preach because God had called them to preach. So we can be thankful that in America, um, those sorts of laws, those sorts of commands from, our, from the earthly government are the exception, not the rule. Um, we're not experiencing anything unprecedented as we live in America today. Um, there have been Christians throughout history that have lived under governments that were not godly. Um, when we started this study on First Peter, we talked about how Nero was in power and how he had burnt over three-fourths of Rome just so he could get his way and how he was torturing and killing Christians. Yet Peter is saying, during this time under Nero, submit to the government. Daniel was serving under Nebuchadnezzar, who consulted magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers. Uh, he was blatantly being led by the occult. And he gave an order to have Daniel and all of his friends killed because he, wasn't, uh, because he wanted the answer to what his dream was and and what it meant. Um, he, was an evil, he was an evil king. And when God gave Daniel the answer, Daniel, in his response to God's answer, he said, praise the name of God forever and ever, for he has all wisdom and power. He controls the course of world events, and he removes kings and sets up other kings. He recognized that even under the rulership of an evil king, God was still in control. God was the one who set Nebuchadnezzar in place, and it was God that would remove him. And Jesus lived in a time when Pilate was the authority. Pilate was guilty of killing people while they were making sacrifices in the temple. Um, Pilate was the one who sentenced Jesus to death. He wasn't a righteous ruler. But when Jesus was being sentenced, he said, you have no power over me at all, you would have no power over me at all unless it were given to you from above. Pilate was part of God's plan and he was allowed to be an authority. God's kingdom will prevail even when we don't understand the hows and the whys, God is in control. 
Submitting to the government, uh, submitting to the government in action only doesn't make us any different than the rest of the world. Most people uh, pay their taxes. Most people, if they see flashing lights behind them, are going to pull over. Right? They're going to listen to those authorities. But Peter says we have a different reason for submitting than the unbeliever does. Uh, we don't submit because of fear of penalty or of punishment. I mean, sometimes, that's, that's in my mind. But we should be, before we get to that, we should be submitting because it says in verse 13, it says, for the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority. We submit because we're showing honor to the Lord who has placed those people in authority. In verse 15, it says, it is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. When we submit to human authorities in obedience to God, we should do it without grumbling and without complaining. We're, we're setting an example. We're shining a light. We're showing that there's something different that, that is in us, Even especially when people know that we disagree with it. Um, but we do it without grumbling. Uh, Philippians 2, 14 through 15 says, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean and innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in the world of crooked and perverse people. Christian submission is not just compliance, but it's done with a hope-filled confidence that God has got this. I don't know if you've ever, um, if you ever remember playing a game with one of your parents, maybe your dad. I know I used to play chess with my dad um, when I was a kid. And uh, you might see them make a move, and it might look like there's, it, it doesn't make sense. Like, it's not a good move. You know, it's not going to work out well for them. But you can see in their eye that maybe, maybe a little glisten that they know something that you don't. You maybe see a little smile that, uh, that, that they know something that you don't see. Um, that's, that's what we can have when we are submitting to authority, even when we maybe don't even wholly agree with what's being done. We can know that God is in control and that even though it looks like a mistake, even though we know it looks like it might not work out well, we can have a little bit of a smile and we can submit knowing that God's in control and that he's going to work this all out. Amen. Let's, uh, let's stand and, uh, and worship. I just want to encourage us to, they said, this is a message for me that uh, I'm like, you know, I've been one who, who naturally wants to be confrontational when pulled over by a, by a police officer. I've been one who has argued with, you know, high school principals and college deans. And, and <laughs> it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's like my nature is to fight back. And, and uh, I feel like I've, I've grown and I've gotten better over the years and I've learned to kind of peel that back a little bit. But, it, you know, it's still something that I need to, to fight back because I'm not, presenting, uh, I'm not presenting a life that has been changed. I'm not presenting a confidence that comes from living under a different kingdom. There's something that's amazing about that, isn't it? That, that, uh, that somebody can see you living without getting worked up, without feeling like you have to, you know, get angry, um, 
because you know that God is in control. You know, we can do what's right, we can do what, what, what we're allowed to do, and we can stand up against the government when it comes to, you know, direct defiance against God's word. But we can also do that in a peaceful manner that will then make people say, what is it about that person? What is, why is it that they, that they can act with peace and confidence even when they're being persecuted or their views are being persecuted? Um, and uh, so just want to pray today uh, that, that God will, will move in our hearts and help us to, to recognize what are those bulky things that are going to influence the, the costume of, of this new life in Christ that we're trying to display. Amen. As we continue in verse, uh, verse 16 of 1 Peter chapter 2, it says, For you are free, yet you are God's slaves, so don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Respect everyone and love the family of believers. Fear God and respect the king. As we prepare to go today, let's remember that this humble submissiveness is not just for earthly, not just for government authorities, but it's all-encompassing. This, this attitude gives us guidance to all of our relationships and a little bit of a spoiler. Um, we'll be covering more of that in, in weeks to come if you've, if you've looked forward in First Peter. Um, James 3.17 says, But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. So if we desire a nation and a government to be one that is righteous, then our method of approaching the government, our method of approaching all these political things that, that can be so polarizing and can maybe make you have a, the natural desire to be angry, if we can approach these things as peacemakers, planting seeds of peace, that that is how we'll reap a harvest of righteousness. So go in the power of the Holy Spirit carrying the good news of Jesus Christ to bring glory to God. Amen. Amen.